There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Hello everyone, it's Tech with Taylor and today we have a great guest. We have someone called Mark Sumner. He's quite known in the tech world, especially in sales. So for a lot of you guys today, I'm just going to be talking with him in different multiple roles you can get into within the tech industry that doesn't involve coding or software engineering. So Mark, um, thank you so much. Um, where I am right now is raining. Hopefully, I don't know if it's the same for you, but um, everyone's just trying to keep their spirits up, especially because of this lockdown announcement. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, the weather's not too bad here. It's in, um, I mean, uh, sunny Gerard's Cross, so it's not, uh, it's not too bad at the moment. Excellent, excellent. So, if you could just give like a quick introduction as to who you are and what you do. Yeah, so I'm the CEO and founder of Robertson Sumner, and we are, um, well, we actually won CRN Sales and Marketing Agency of the Year this year. So, we're a sales and marketing and technical agency for the IT channel, and we've been going 20 years. Even on a budget. Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. 
Okay, excellent. And um, how is the sales market kind of going for you at the moment, especially in the midst of kind of like COVID? To, to be honest with you, Yasmin, it's been the last six or seven weeks have been really good. Actually, the uh, I think with the, the pandemic, March, April, May, June, very very tough. Obviously, the, the market plummeted. Uh, vacancies were down eighteen percent in the market. Uh, mass redundancies and the furlough schemes were kicking, etc. But now the you know the furlough scheme is uh, going to predominantly come into an end next month. You've got um, potentially most people working remotely now and got getting used to that and onboarding and recruitment has been done via video, which is people getting used to it. The market has actually picked up really, really well in the last six or seven weeks, so since maybe beginning of August. So, yeah, the market is pretty good now. Okay, that's great. And um, let's just get into it then. So, tech sales. Um, I've known you quite for a while on LinkedIn, and I've always kind of um, come to you for advice. Um, I've always drifted in between wanting to be very technical and going into sales. I think my first job when I graduated in 2014, which really seems like a long time ago now, was actually in tech sales or account management. And weirdly enough, there wasn't as much graduates there. It kind of just felt like when you did get into sales and come from a technical background, you were slightly siloed into being a recruitment consultant, which isn't a bad thing. But um, I also feel like there isn't as much career opportunities that are being made available or information as to what kind of career you can actually build in tech sales, which isn't just necessarily lucrative, but um, quite rewarding. So um, from your experience, do you actually hire a lot of graduates? And um, do you think there's a lot of information out there on um, building your career in tech sales? It's a great question, Yasmin. I think, um, do, do, do we hire a lot of graduates we don't place that many graduates, so I, I leave that more to more graduate firms, to be honest with you. But the, the industry does want graduates, 100%. You know, if you look at Softcat as a company, you know, they're taking 100 graduates a year on. Um, so most companies are desperate to get graduates into into the industry. But I think there's a, a big fallacy out there, and you mentioned about was there enough information. There's a big fallacy out there about graduates going into tech that need to be technical or have either done a computer science degree or yeah. STEM subjects and that's not the case you know we, we most most tech firms would take any graduates history geography you know arts yeah. whatever, whatever it is whatever you've been studying they would take any graduate who's got the discipline the desire the hunger to go into an industry and I don't think there is a lot of information out there um, for people who don't know what the jobs are available so they might just think oh technical i have to be techie or or yeah. coding to go into the industry and that is not the case at all you know there is hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of jobs and hundreds of it firms that are desperate for getting people onto their help desk or getting people onto their trainee sales roles or apprentice schemes and those roles are much much in demand at the moment there's just not enough graduates out there so i i do think for the industry there's a lot of a lot of stigma in terms of, oh, the tech industry, I have to be interested in computers or I have to be have a computer science degree, I have to be coding. That puts people off. And, and hopefully with podcasts like this, to raise the awareness that that isn't the case, any graduate can go into the tech industry um, and there's training available. And you don't have to be techie to be interested in tech or work in tech for sure. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think now we're kind of coming more into the awareness of, um, like you said, I think my brother graduated in chemistry and he gets approached by going into tech, which is quite bizarre. But back in my day, which was like 2014, um, it was either you get directly into a software engineering route if you went to like a Russell Group University or if you graduated with a 2-1 or above. Hence, for me, um, I just love to talk and I had the personality for it. So I kind of just went into sales. But um there isn't as much information on the progression of sales. So um, I guess for a normal technical software engineering job, you probably need about five years to be a mid-senior. Um, would you say that be having a career in tech sales, you are able to escalate a bit more in your career or would you say there's a slower transition? I would say it's quite fast. Yeah, no, I'd say, I'd say it's quite fast. I think if you went to a tech sales role, you know, you, you could spend a year or two, uh, 18 months internally uh, within two years, you could be going um, externally, um, and within you know three, four, five years, you know, in, you know, maybe even less, could be into management or leadership. So it, it depends on the success of the individual, but there, there's no doubt about it. You know, you can escalate very quickly um, in 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 tech sales, depending on the success of the individual. Great. And would you say that you notice a lot of? Um with people in kind of like tech sales so people that are under 30 that are earning quite good money because I think even though tech can be quite great regardless of whether it's software engineering or sales one thing that we can't deny that is the tech industry is quite lucrative would you definitely say there is the same level of earning potential for non-technical roles Uh, absolutely absolutely you know I you know you know I can't stress this enough don't think you have to be technical to sell tech you know that 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 is a definite. You know, there's there's lots of individuals that have gone into software sales, um, or selling mobility, or selling security, or whatever it is that aren't that technical, but are earning an absolute fortune in the industry. And it's a very very lucrative industry. It's highly paid. It's it's the best industry to go into, in my opinion. It's fueling the it's fueling the world and driving the world. Um, it's a you know I'd probably say it's the most highly paid um, industry out there. Yeah, definitely. I would agree. I mean, coming from a technical degree and then going into sales, I would say one of the things that kind of escalated my career was um, the people skills and the selling skills that I learned in sales, which is even needed in very technical roles. And most importantly, it gave me the avenue or the opportunity to kind of go into solution architecture pre-sales. So funnily enough, pre-COVID, I was actually going in towards that. But even though pre-sales is needed or sales is needed in itself, I noticed that when COVID came, um sales were the first to go irrespective of you know how senior you were so going back to that would you say that sales is a recession proof job because i think now looking at the current climate people are looking for security yeah recession proof it's it's an an interesting uh um question you know if you're not very good at it it's not recession proof because you're going to get sacked (laughs) (laughs) so um you know if but, but believe me, I think, you know, good salespeople, you know, may, who make themselves indispensable in their companies, they don't get sacked. They, you know, they, they are recession proof. Yeah. And I would say this, the tech industry, the right tech that you're into is recession proof. So I, if I was a salesperson selling, you, you know, UC or collaboration tools, you're, you're at the moment, you're recession proof. You're going to be absolutely flying. You know, let's be honest, Yasmin. The, the the pandemic has been very good for the tech industry. I know that sounds, oh, yeah. it, yeah. that sounds distasteful to say, but it has. You know, if you look at computer centers, they're having record years. Most IT companies or managed service providers are having record years. Um, so it's been very, very good for the tech industry. And if you're in sales and, and you're in that industry, you're going to be doing very, very well. Now, if, if you're not very good at sales, unfortunately, in whatever industry you're in, 
it isn't recession proof because you, you're, you're going to be one of the first to cut. So unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there um, who, by no means of the fault of their own, might be that might be on the furlough scheme or might be cut, maybe because they're not as good at sales themselves. So, oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, that is the way of the world. But um, I would say um, recession-proof industry, yes. Recession-proof in sales depends on the individual. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. And I, I'm really happy that I asked that question and people to hear it because even from my parents' point of view, graduating in AI and then saying I want to do sales, one of the biggest worry was, you know, is sales stable? People just think it's purely KPI and OTE driven, which it is, but would you definitely describe the sales industry as cutthroat? There's always rumours that, you know, maybe somebody wants to go into sales, but if you don't make targets or KPIs, you get fired on the spot. So a lot of people worry that if they do go into sales, their CV could be jumpy if they don't make sales. And I've kind of agreed with you that if you're good at your job, you shouldn't have to worry about that. But um, would you say that the sales industry is as cutthroat and kind of can contribute to people being job hoppers? Do you see more job hoppers in your industry? <coughs> Sorry, yeah, yeah, definitely. There, there is job salespeople are very motivated by money, and you've got two reasons. You know, got a few reasons why people, you know, might have short stints. One, they might have got sacked. Might, one, they might not have passed their probations. They might not be good at the role, or might, or, or even sometimes they they just jump for for the money. So, you know, you don't get longevity as much in in sales. You know, maybe one or two years. Is a, is an okay? You know, two years is an okay stint for a, a salesperson, but you'll still get a lot of people that do six months a year, six months a year, and they are called job hoppers, but they still yeah. go and hop into jobs. They still go and get jobs. So exactly. Yeah. Um, I think people are used to it, where it's the it's the employer's job now to create a platform where they can retain that staff. Otherwise, they are going to hop. They are going to hop for other opportunities because they, they know there's other money in other industries or other jobs or other companies. So they are going to be um, potentially swayed by that. But what I would say for anyone listening out there is if you, if you are a serial job hopper, you are going to struggle to get the top jobs, i.e. top firms – do worry about all, all firms worry about, but the top firms do worry about job hoppers. They just think they're a bit flighty. So sometimes there's one or two reasons. You know, the company might have gone wrong, or you might have made a mistake for the wrong job, or something might happen. But if you've got four or five or six short stints, you're going to start struggling to get a top job after that. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true because it would be hard to kind of. I've noticed that for like the sales director jobs or whatever, they kind of ask for. Um, some I've even seen some ask for like pay slip advice or pay slip evidence that you were the top seller in XYZ. And I guess if you are hopping from job to job, you know, you haven't really had integral or permanent experience being in a senior role, proving your stripes so long. So that's quite interesting to hear, actually. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think so. I think then, and you're right, there, there is um, some companies now that will ask for pay slips and, and P45s as proof because unfortunately, again, salespeople, are very good at telling stories and sometimes yeah. they're telling stories about their own performance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen that before. It is a bit, not embarrassing, but then I guess it's kind of like you realise that all your sales managers and directors did kind of fob, but I guess now, funnily enough, I actually heard that in COVID, um, afterwards, well, if we ever get after COVID, people are going to be a bit more, they're just urging people to be honest on their CV. Like, it's okay to say you were unemployed for six months during a global pandemic instead of using that as opportunity to just kind of, like, lie, which, um, like you said, can happen quite a lot in sales. So, Yeah, it does, yeah. 
absolutely. And great. Another question I wanted to ask for lots of our like young graduates out there and even people like myself, um, what would you say is the fine line between being technical and being a salesperson, i.e. being a pre-sales solutions architect or solutions architect? Is that kind of a sector that you hire for as well? Or are you just purely sales? No, yeah, we do hire for those roles, uh, pre-sales roles. And I think, you know, what I would say is if you are in pre-sales, be more commercially led. You know that you know that that's the that's the tip that's the the tip I would give someone. If you want to go to the top, even if you want to like go to a CTO role, they want something that's more commercially led that can still engage with customers, that can still engage with um, inter- internal customers, internal staff, um, and have those communication skills. If you're if you're so techy and so broad in the technical aspects, very difficult sometimes to get to the top. Um, of those of those CTO roles because at, the, at that level you're still very much engaging with customers and having relationships with customers. So I, I, w- I would say, you know, if if, if you're in that pre sales role, make sure you you know you still got those customer engagement skills and those relationship building skills, which natural salespeople have, um, because that will stand you in good stead to, to get the, up the career path. If you don't don't you know, yes, you're inter- interested in tech if you're in pre sales. But don't be too techy that you you miss the the fundamental skills of having communication skills, rapport building skills, customer relations skills. The, but the basics of, of of hopefully a human being. Yeah, I understand, and I think um, maybe for myself and other people that I know work in tech, um, it's very easy to be technical. But I think going on to leadership or CEO kind of um, arena of work, it is that people skills, that talking skills that um, could really help you. So Absolutely. yeah, I think we talk kind of can let down quite a lot of technical people yes. and um in regards to pre-sales or quite a lot of people don't actually know what a pre-sales consultant is so could you just kind of give a um rundown of what a pre-sales consultant is yeah absolutely so what would happen is so if, if if a sales if a salesperson goes to an end user customer and they go for an inquiry and a lot of the time the salesperson isn't that technical so he might be going into he might have found the opportunity he might go into the customer um, and find out what the actual requirement is. But if they want to get into more detail, uh, more technical um, capabilities of what the offering or the solution could be, what's the best technology, which vendors they can be recommended, that's where the pre-sales guy will come in. Um, and he'll be more strategic advising about what solutions would be. So let's, let's make us take a very basic example. If, if it was a collaboration tools, they might be talking about 8x8, Ring Central, WebEx. Yeah. Which, which is the best performance, which is the best solution of IO or Mitel or whatever it's going to be, they might go into the nitty-gritty and the detail of what it can actually do for the, for the customer, whereas the salesperson is, is identifying the need for the customer and then getting the pre-sales guy to do the technical bit. So it's almost like a, a Batman and Robin, Robin sort of analogy, really, where they're both going in. So the sales guy will go in and talk to the customer and make sure the, the need is there. And then the technical person, the pre-sales guy, will come in and help with the, the, the technical capabilities and scoping out the opportunity. Oh, yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah, um, so there you have it, guys. That's what a pre-sales person does. And what's, um, what kind of CV do you have? Because even for myself, I have about five years technical experience now. But it took me about nine months to a year to actually successfully find myself in a pre-sales role. What, so what kind of experience do you um, have in your CV? Do you need your CV? I think you've, you've you've almost answered the question yourself, Yasmin. I think you know a year's experience. 
you know, if you if you've gone into some sort of technical role, you might get an opportunity where they'll they'll give you like a a, a shot or a pre sales role. And and it and it's that constant thing about you know constantly learning. If you if you're showing the aptitude and the attitude to constantly learn and show that you've done um you've learned this technology and you've learned that technology and you've taken that exams etc. And you've gone up to your boss and you've worked on this project and you've worked on that project, demonstrating how you've actually um, acquired that technology, you will get a shot. You know there's. You know, the big thing to remember in the technology industry is there's a massive, massive, massive shortage of talent. There's more jobs being created in tech than talent coming into the industry. So if anyone is in a technical role um, or uh, uh, even at the start of their career, if they're demonstrating the, the aptitude and the attitude and the willingness to learn and develop, the opportunities are there. Lots of opportunities. Yeah, definitely. So there you go, guys. Lots of opportunities in other roles. You don't have to be a software engineer or even know how to code to be in tech. Just show the drive, the aptitude for just being happy to be in tech, I guess. So that's quite um great. And um, are there any new and exciting things that you're getting up to at the moment? Um, I see you have your own podcast, for instance. What's your um motivation for kind of like doing that? Yeah, well, I think, you know, we we... You know, we've been in the industry 20 years. So about 18 months ago, we, we started our own podcast, Channel Chat, which is uh, it's got 8,500 listeners now. Wow. Um, 8,500 listeners Ooh. every week. And we um, we wanted to be the voice of the channel, Yasmin. We wanted to make sure that, um, that we could get the industry leaders on to share their experiences. So especially during COVID, you know, we had some massive, massive names on. You know, we had Sarah Shields, the VP of Dell on. We had uh, John Delosia. Global VP of 8x8. We had the group CEO of Computer Center, um, Mike Norris. We had the, the director of HP, Neil Sawyer. Um, we had, um, oh, and Angela Witty, the MD of Cisco. We had, we had every big name in the tech industry in there sharing their views on COVID and homework and what the new world was going to be. So that was a yeah. big thing. But I think what we wanted to do is just give the, 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 the channel the IT channel, a voice where we could actually share best practices, learnings, uh, career successes, how to get to the top from the top leaders. And if you get the top leaders on there, uh, sharing those best practices and those learnings and how they've got to the top, that would encourage young people to come into industry and hopefully emulate that that career. Definitely. And um, I fell in love with sales and the whole, I wouldn't say glitz and glam, but there are quite a lot of good leaders to kind of look up to. And um, it just makes you see that apart from having to be technical, what enables you to use technology is the great salespeople behind it selling you the product. But um, in regards to speaking about leaders, let's just kind of go on to um, diversity. How much women do you actually see, not necessarily in the tech space, but within the tech sales space? I think... um, statistically apparently women are known to be a bit more empathetic do you see that being highlighted in um the tech sales industry yeah there's only, well there's only 15.9 percent of women in tech so it's massive massive problem um yeah the 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 stats hasn't gone up in the last 10 years it's been stagnant uh funny enough we're actually doing a women in tech series at the moment on, on the channel chat so trying to highlight the problem and and uh, I, I think it, it goes down to what we've already talked about. You, you know, you've got a lot of stigma going into you can only go into tech if you're into, interested in coding and if you're interested in computer science and you're, and you're interested in being technology. And that puts a lot of females off um, coming into our industry, um, which is a shame. And I, and I think there's not enough awareness about it. You know, they've got the Women's Festival now um, that they're, they're trying to do. They're trying to have 
the the awards at the women's festival to try and highlight some of the, the successes. And the challenge is further is there's only five percent of leaders that are female. So unless we get those role models out there, you know the like I said, the Sarah Shields, the Angela Witties, the Emma D'Souza's at Insight, the uh, Jacqueline De Rockas's of yeah. the world. Uh, Pip White at Google, um, she's hopefully coming on the Channel Chat show next week. You know, if we don't get those people on to highlight the successes and and uh, try and emulate careers from people that are young graduates coming into the market, the ch- the problem will continue. There'll there'll be still be only fifteen percent of women in the industry, which will be a, which will be a shame. But hopefully, that the, the the dial will start to move. You know, I think there are people are a bit more open to coming into tech, and if we can get the younger people interested in tech and not seeing the stigma of it just being around coding and being a bit yeah. geeky and being technical, I think a lot more people, young females, will come into the industry. Yeah, definitely. So um, there you kind of have it, guys. We need more diversity in tech. We need less stigma around being in tech only involves coding and other technical matters. And you can actually be in tech and make quite a lucrative salary, um, irrespective of your age, but obviously respective at the same time. Um, either way. So thank you so much for that. Um, so we'll just kind of like end the podcast now. Is there anything that you want to, um, any tips that you have for any graduates or people looking to get into the tech sales industry? Yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, well, I would say, f- first of all, keep an open mind. You know, don't think you've got to be into coding and tech be technical to be interested in tech keep an open mind um there's lots of different roles in there operations customer services help desk sales pre-sales um you know apprentice schemes you know look, look at the, the 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 graduate websites and there'll be loads of opportunities out there and just keep an open mind i think if you can do that the, you know the it's a great industry very very lucrative um, and you don't have to be technical to come into it Great. So there you have it, guys. Um, thank you so much, Mark, for coming on. If you do want to get in contact with him, um, there's his LinkedIn, which is actually Mark Summoner. So that's M-A-R-C space um, S-U-M-N-E-R. And he's a CEO and founder of Robson Summoner. He also has his podcast called the Channel Chat Podcast Show. So if you do want to have any more um, informative conversations or even just listen to what he has to say, there's plenty of links available. And um, I will also be emailing out to you guys links on how to contact him, if that's okay. Um, thank you so much for coming on board. Pleasure. Yeah, pleasure. All the best. Bye. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, 
plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.